1: hello and welcome to the gaily prophet a podcast where two queer irl witches are reduced to tears by uh <laughs> world's best author man name of chuck tingle <laughs> i am america's favorite griffin dandy like malachi gray
0: <laughs> and i am a griffin dyke extraordinaire jesse blount and yeah this is our interview with chuck tingle unlike our episode about his book harriet porber this is pretty family friendly
1: and also the most tender thing you will ever listen to on the gaily prophet
0: yeah this is like if you need a new serotonin boost now that the like bon appetit test kitchen has fallen apart you should just listen to this over and over again which is what i'm going to do <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, and you do not need to have listened to our episode on Harriet Porber, nor do you need to have read Harriet Porber to appreciate the beauty and wisdom of this episode. Also, yeah, like Jesse said, this is uh safe for work. There's no sex conversations in this one. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it, but before we do, we're gonna work our way through The list of wonderful human beings who have joined our Patreon since June. So this week we're going to thank Kyra, Ava, Rose, Ryan, Caroline, Svenja, Zoe, Emily, Johanna, and Suzanne. Uh, Y'all are fucking fantastic. We're so grateful. Also, I know we're not thanking specific reviewers as much these days, but I have to say... We got a new Willow. So of course I'm going to shout it out. <laughs> Bucket Hat Willow. Thank you so much for your review.
0: <laughs> Bucket. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. Please enjoy this wonderful wonderful interview. Here we are in our virtual studio with chuck tingle hello this is the most exciting thing that's probably <laughs> ever happened to the Gailey
2: prophet thank I'm so you so excited. much for talking to us oh no you're da- i'm gonna say thank you for having me and i want to start off right off the bat saying that i listened to a show when i was doing my morning walk and uh i could tell right away first of all bo- both of you have very um you have a very good rapport with one another <laughs> i understand why you have a podcast show and then I also got to say that um, I just I just found it to be so kind, and the things you said about my my book were so kind. But also, I can just tell that you're out here proving love is real, and that that's kind of the most important job that there is. And so I'm gonna say thank you for for putting out this dang show all the time and and proving that love is real for for everyone who's listening. I think it's a dang good show. Oh, so, thank you,
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. We're gonna use that in every tagline of everything now
2: yeah well feel free
0: two-time hugo nominee chuck tingle approves this podcast i definitely yeah. do it was
2: well to be fair i only listened to the one episode i don't know if you're a uh, plant plotting devil scoundrel uh scoundrel <laughs> plots on the other ones I and mean, this was just a dang trick but i got here i gotta listen to more but um that that well i gotta i kind of told you about this before um beforehand but uh, I don't know that much about being Harry's Potter, and that's probably why I haven't heard the other episodes. And I think that maybe you can teach me about this world. We we
1: certainly could. <laughs> I
2: can Well, I can't dang wait. I mean, I can answer all you. I here here's the deal. I'm gonna answer all your questions about the big time book, Harry Potter, Wizard. and then uh, and then uh, you gotta answer my questions about Harry Potter.
1: That sounds yeah. totally fair. Okay. We are experts, so um, you're in good hands for being educated about Harry Potter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can tell tell just by listening to the dang episode that you you were talking about all... Well, you definitely got all the references that I made in the book, I think. So that that was good. But also, um, I was... uh, Well, my my son John helps me uh, write, and also his wife Chloe. But also, son John has a bud who knows all about dang Harry Potter. And so when I was writing this book, I said, "Okay, here's my idea. What? would You gotta tell me what the, who these different, who the different players in the game are." And I got a lowdown. I thought, "Dang, well, that sounds like a pretty handsome motorcycle way." And then I said, <laughs> "That's not a dang motorcycle." And then I said, "Well, in this and in, in, in guess what? In Harriet Porter, they're a dang motorcycle." So that's how that worked out. But I had some help, and um. I, th- I kind of thought part of the fun would be um, in the fact that I, that I don't really know uh, Harry Potter or this way and uh, gave it my best guess. I mean, you
1: nailed it. It was incredible. I think that information makes it all the more impressive what you managed to do with Harriet Porter, because I never would have guessed that having, having read the book. I
2: will well, I got, I will say that I, I understand the basics of, um, the dynamics of certain characters as an outsider to this world I, you know i i can i've seen enough of uh i've never read a word of the books i will say this i have seen the first maybe two films and um from just from that and you know if you're trotting along through the world you see a dang movie poster or read something and you kinda of start to know what happens. I feel like I know what happens in most of the books, but I don't know the dang details.
0: I felt like that answers actually a good chunk of our questions, but yeah, it is Oh no. <laughs> it's What did I do? Did I <laughs> no. all the questions? <laughs> no
1: you no 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 sure no, it, did not. You
0: sure did not. I just I am actually really impressed that you've never read the books considering how
2: like I have not read a single dang word. <laughs> I will say, though, that um, I think that uh, as man name of Chuck, well, as man name of Chuck, uh, my son, son John, uh, he, he's older now, and uh, I, I, I think he would still in, enjoy uh, Harry Potter. But I think that um, what, what my dream, I think, is, is uh, I kind of started to intentionally avoid it because I thought one day son John's gonna have a son and that will be my grand or our daughter and that will be my grandchild. And then at that point, I, I could imagine sitting in a rocking chair, opening up book one and saying, okay, we're going to read uh, We've got a lot of books ahead of us. And we're going to go through this whole thing. And then I won't know what's going to happen. So I would say I, I, I kind of started saving it for a um, future grandchild to sit down and say, okay, we're going to go through these books. It's first time for you, first time <laughs> for me. Let's go, buddy. Oh,
1: that's really lovely. That's actually, that's really great.
2: So normally we would start
1: off by asking you what your Hogwarts house is, but I oh, dang, suspect I that know. you don't know. No,
2: well maybe you can help me. Can I? How about this? I, I, well, I guess we should say for the listeners, you you're very professional. You sent over a bunch of questions, and and I'm gonna say thank you for that, and that is that is very professional. And then this man named Chuck it's kind of a dang wild card. I said. <laughs> Uh well, I'm not even going to look at these because uh, I don't want to ruin the surprise. I just want to <laughs> chat and talk talk off the cuff because I get, uh, I get dang talking and then I get on a dang roll. So I said, uh, I'm just going to play by you But I did see that question and it got me kind of excited because I thought maybe you could ask me some questions and then I, I then we could figure it out.
1: Yeah, we can definitely do that.
2: Okay. Hit me with the questions. Let's figure out my dang house. Okay so
1: i will i will say intuitively yes my guess is hufflepuff okay because i feel like your dedication to proving that love is real and the way that you go about making that true in the world feels very hufflepuff to me
2: is that that's a value of this house yes Mm -hmm. yes okay i think i mean i can definitely see that um I guess well, if you could define each thing, House, is what what is the value? What is the core value of each one? Can I hear um, maybe like a the mission statement of each one, and then I'm gonna pick which one I match with?
1: Yes, but we're gonna give you our definitions as opposed to the book's definitions because ours are better. That, yeah. like
2: I gotta say, one <laughs> thing I have one thing I do know about Harry Potter is that um, the fans' definitions of things much better than the dang authors. Yep. In literally every way. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, you know, I gotta say, that's something that I think is so fascinating and so um, charming and also proves love is real about dang Harry Potter fandom, is um, it's almost being crowdsourced at this point of the interpretation for something way better than uh, what it started as. I think that the thing that has made Harry Potter so so beautiful is the fans and uh, kind of not the author. I, it's a rare... Uh, I think it's a rare medium where that is true, where I think the author kind of brings it down, but the love of the fans has turned it into something really special.
1: Here, here, Yes. Um, all right, all right. We can do this, Jesse. So mm-hmm. we're both Gryffindors, and we both identify as Gryffindors because we are very angry about injustice, and we want to yell about it or have to perhaps yell about it yeah. and gryffindors are very like big uh big feelings fix all the things uh in a way that's like we're just going <laughs> How
2: about, you would you would describe them as um i would say that sounds like a traditional hero sure. like a like a like a knight who stands up proud and says this will not stand
1: yeah, and the heroes of the Harry Potter series are are all Gryffindors.
2: and do you think that that is intentional in the sense of um, they're they're the ones that are going to seize the day when these problems happen? So it makes sense that it kind of makes sense that that would be the most active um, active house from a storytelling perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. I okay. think that makes
2: sense. Okay, I understand that. Well, I gotta say, first of all, I'm kind of drawn to this house. So I, as much as I like this Hufflepuff thing. I'm curious to see where this goes, because maybe, uh, maybe maybe, I could be that. Because I, I got to say, I took action when writing trans-wizard Harriet Horber. Um Kind of seems like a Gryffindor thing to do.
1: I agree. And everyone has, like, a primary house and a secondary house. Oh, wow. So oh, I Jesse is a... Uh, Gryffindor primary, Hufflepuffs, Ravenclaw secondary, and I'm a Slytherin secondary. So we okay. can, I think, we'll have to figure both of those out.
0: It's kind of like how in your astrological sign you have like a sun sign and like yes. a moon sign. that's that's how that's how we interpret the. Okay, I uh, I, I understand
2: this. Oh well, okay. So so what about this thing Slytherin? Because from what I've heard, now tell me if I'm wrong. Kind of um, kind of the bad boy house. That's why in in the book that was the where the bad boys were bad boys aren't necessarily bad they, that's just their name they're just kind of uh walk the line is that correct
1: in the book slytherin is just an inherently evil house which we just call shenanigans on because that's not how people work
2: that's also strange to do they ever you gotta tell me this do they ever um in the books just say well hey we're trying to run a school here but uh, one-fourth of the dang students are evil. So we're going to say that there's only three houses now. And then the fourth one, if you get sorted in that, we're just going to send you home because we've determined that you're evil.
1: They sure don't, but nope. Hogwarts is a terrible school. Yeah, so. that that it is
2: a very poorly run.
0: It doesn't run as a school, barely
2: at all. Okay, so what's your definition of Slytherin, then?
0: So... In real life, we find that Slytherins are very ambitious and don't. And if they like have their mind set on doing, on doing a thing or on something, then they're going to do kind of whatever is possible to. Oh. Okay, kind that. of morally dubious, but also no, get, gets no, the job I mean, done. You can be morally dubious in doing that, but like you don't have to be. Like, you don't have oh. to be. Okay. Evil to be driven. I
1: think. I think like. the Slytherins just like take a lot less shit. Maybe like the reason I identify as a Slytherin secondary is that I like don't have any um preoccupation with like being nice to people.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like now that's it's not, I think that that's not a understand. value of mine. Yes.
1: Um, But, like, I have incredibly strong morals, but, like, I'm not going to go about necessarily, like, hand-holding or, like, whereas I feel like someone from, like, Hufflepuff can have super strong morals and is much more invested in helping other people see the way and, Mm. like, be is much more gentle and much more kind, whereas I'm, like i'm gonna f- have great friends that i can crowdsource those mm. conversations to and i think that they're necessary but i am not the person who's gonna have those conversations i don't have time for that okay. for
2: <laughs> i think I, I understand that well okay would it would uh, maybe if we're talking about to uh, like uh, dang famous buckaroos, would maybe like uh, steve jobs or someone like that be slithering like uh, you kind of think oh dang where uh, you sometimes you gotta give them the side eye thinking you're up to something, but they're out kind of maybe trying to change the world in their own way, but you kind of think, oh, you might be taking it too far.
1: I think Beyonce is a Slytherin.
2: Oh, dang. (laughs) Really? Okay. It's like
1: super driven and not taking any shit. This
0: might be the most controversial. Actually, it does fit, but this also might be the most
2: controversial take of the show. Well, here's where it gets controversial. If if we're going to say, I think I understand with Beyonce, but with Steve Jobs, are they both Slytherin? What's what house would he be in?
1: I don't think I know enough about Steve Jobs to be able to sort him. I feel
0: oh, like dang. he might. I feel like he might be in Slytherin though. Honestly. I'm just
2: thinking of um, you know, or, or uh, dang dang all these dang movies about dang tech tech world entrepreneurs coming up, stabbing each other in the dang backs and getting the job done, but also then they then everyone's mad at them at the end of the day. That seems kind i of think slytherin. probably
1: like that's the dark side that's the dark side of slytherin for okay. sure like even
2: irl slytherins i then in that case i will i will just imagine it as a beyonce house <laughs> cool that's probably better anyway
1: yes yeah. i mean the, the the bright side of slytherin because they're uh, with all houses There are like good ways and bad ways to okay. do the thing yes how how are you with astrology? Can we make astrology comparisons to help or no?
2: I don't I, I probably know less about that than ding Harry, Harry Potter. Okay, that's fine. But them um, but but then what we have ding Raven's Claw? Mhm. Who, who the heck is that?
0: They're I I feel like I just consider them the nerdiest of the houses. Okay. They it's a lot of like research and knowing random information and be like oh there's something that's going on I need to read four books about it or or like you know read a bunch of wikipedia and like and gathering all of this knowledge in order to move
2: through the world wow well I'm gonna say I'm I will admit as the world's greatest author I'm good at writing I'm not not very good at much else so I'm gonna (laughs) say that I am definitely not dang Ravenclaw i could not i'm not good at learning in books as for dang shirt. Sure. so that's not me um okay. now then hufflepuff so give me the lowdown on what i am
1: uh so hufflepuffs are it's like the like hashtag cozy house yes um they're very again like the they're very open and like nurturing and very i grounded. think also yeah super grounded um they're the the softest of the houses and they really value, like, comfort and, like, home and all of the things that come with that. So they're very nurturing. At that kind
2: of does sound like me.
1: I just feel like that love is real is like the Hufflepuff anthem. So yes. I feel like you've got, you've got Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, either primary or secondary. I think I that,
2: um, I think based on what I have learned, I am a, uh, uh huffle hufflepuff uh with a gryffindor secondary who wishes that they were a gryffindor with a hufflepuff secondary Not, <laughs> but i know my limitations i love that yes thank you for ta- i see i knew this i knew that this would work out. i i i knew you to be able to tell me all about things, harry potter <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, i know I, nah, I know pretty much everything. i hope that the list i hope that's okay with the listeners and they're not thinking oh dang, uh, dang now now is the best harry potter fans in the world now i gotta go over what the different dang houses are again <laughs> they probably heard that plenty of times
1: oh no they love listening to us talk so it's gonna be fine they're gonna be like oh you're gonna break down what
2: my house is about i can't wait i think fine. there's probably yeah. a lot of dang slytherins out there who uh, maybe are down in the dumps on this uh, this sorting way, and now that they've learned that they're in the dang house with Beyoncé, they think, I guess being a Slytherin is not so bad after all. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, you already proved a lot of love with that already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what you know about Patronuses.
2: Oh my gosh. Dang. I don't know a dang thing about a dang Patronus. I don't even know what that is.
1: Okay so in the book there are these things called dementors which are basically manifestations of depression yes uh that can make you lose your mind if you're exposed to them for too long
2: oh wow i I knew that i knew what Dementors were i didn't realize that's what they were i thought they were just spooky ghosts
1: they're they're worse than spooky ghosts oh dang for sure so then a patronus is a spell uh that you can cast that manifests as an animal that is like the representation of all of the good things inside of you that protect you from depression
2: oh okay yes oh dang so
1: we would love to know what you think your patronus might be and
2: so it's gotta be an animal yes oh definitely definitely dang a woodchuck oh that's great that's definitely a kindly old woodchuck uh, That's cutting down trees with his with his chompers and building a dam, chucking wood. I gotta say, I was a little prepared for that because, (laughs) believe it or not, as a man named Chuck who wears a mask, I tend to have a lot of dang furry fans on Twitter, and they're Mm -hmm. always asking me, (laughs) Chuck, what's your dang, uh, what's your dang persona? And I say, I, first of all, I've got no idea what the heck they're talking about. And then they, ex- <laughs> then they explained it to me, that it's the animal that lives in your soul. And I said, obviously, I'm a dang pink woodchuck. And then uh, then a dang furry, furry fan drew one for me of a pink woodchuck in dark glasses looking like a cool guy. Oh and, my then, God. and then I thought, dang, that's the best dang thing ever. So now you ask about Patronus, I think, if I was going to cast a Patronus spell, you just see a... A big pink flash of light, and a giant woodchuck swirling in the mist, coming and chomping down a Dementor. Oh my god, uh, that's so
1: beautiful! <laughs> I love that so much.
0: I love everything about this. Also, I guess first owners might be patronuses. This is an interesting
2: thing we should. It uh, seems about. like yeah. they're kind of the same, uh, the same idea represented. I think.
1: All of our furry listeners are about to come out of the woodwork.
2: Oh, yes, wow. please, Send us please, please let, us know. please let us know, and please let us know. May may I ask what your what are your uh, patronuses?
0: Oh yeah, um, mine is a
1: lioness. Oh wow, that's a great one. Uh, mine is a platypus.
2: Oh dang, that's kind of like a woodchuck to me. Say more. I mean, <laughs> well, I just think that the um, dang dang. Well, first of all, I I was recently visit believe it or not, I was reading a lot about dang platypuses, and and I gotta say. Um, I think that uh, I think that if I was discovering a ding platypus and I had heard heard the locals talk about this uh, animal, I would uh, probably not believe it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that 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 makes it a very special animal and uh, kind of a one of a kind. It seems like uh, seems like somebody out there thought, uh, okay, we're gonna make make this fun animal up, but uh, just to just to mess with everybody. Yeah, that's why it's my patronus. <laughs> oh dang it. i like that's a good that's a good one i just i think that they're similar to woodchucks because they swim around in the water and play all day too except for our practices also have poison uh they have poison barbs that will that will send you to the station of the dang lonesome train so uh yep. so god watch out for them too but i understand that's kind of a i think that's kind of a slithering animal actually i was about to say that's where
1: my slithering comes <laughs> <laughs> in
2: <laughs>
0: for the platypus to have a venomous spur and then there there it is. Yep, you know? it was...
2: <laughs> And I gotta say, um, I also like a uh, lioness because I, I so I read a lot of dang animal books. I get them from the dang uh from the dang public library in Billings. And when I read about lions, I think that um what I like about lioness specifically is that um the lion with the mane, I think they just lay around all day and then the lionesses are the ones that are out doing the hunting and getting it done. So I think that that's a good one.
0: And they do it all together, which I'm like, all I want to do is be around other
2: people. Be a part of the dang pack. <laughs> yep. That's
1: great. <sighs> okay, so shall we shall we get into Harriet Forber a bit? Oh, yes, you of should. course.
2: Dang, you guys did such a dang good analysis of dang everything. That was so kind. So I can't wait. So yes, yeah, yeah. Ask away. Uh, I
0: guess... Maybe we talked about it a little bit, but we want to, like, what inspired you to write Harriet
2: Porber? Oh dang. Well, there's a couple of dang things. I will say that, uh, when I heard about the way of uh, JK Rowling, I, I thought, um, the- those comments, she's always making these dang comments, and man you named know, Chuck, I'm always looking for a way to prove love is real, and it's kind of hard when you see someone out there who seems, I-, I think she goes out of her way to try to say that love isn't real. I think it's kind of rare to find someone like that where you think, um, there's some scoundrels out there who, uh, do scoundrel acts, but they don't talk about it. They're just kind of like going along in their life, and then, uh, then when no one's looking, they do something dastardly. But the dang thing about JK Rowling is she's kind of proud to, uh, be a devil. And so I think that, um, when she was saying terrible things about uh, trans buckaroos and and also um, autistic buckaroos, which is part of my way, I'm on the spectrum of buds. Uh, She was saying some really horrible things and I just thought, um, wow, this is a good opportunity to say, if you're gonna put that darkness into the world, I think that I'm gonna work extra hard to balance it out right now. So that was kind of the inspiration was, just to try to do a little bit of balancing in the dark. (sighs) That's really beautiful. Now well, that's what you got to do. And I got to say, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty Gryffindor. So I don't know now. <laughs>
1: that's true. See where I feel like the Hufflepuff comes in is like, so Jesse and I as Gryffindors responded to what JK Rowling did by like putting out a guide to like how you can never ever support JK Rowling again while continuing to love Harry Potter.
2: Yes. That's, well, that's the same. It sounds like we did the same thing kind of in our own ways.
1: Right, but ours was, see, here's what I'm, is like, ours was like very angry and oh, to the yes. point. And yours was so loving and oh, so beautiful. It. So I feel like that's where I get the Hufflepuff vibe is like, we both kind of did the same thing, but like in such different approaches. Oh, you like yeah, explaining this very well. You
0: wrote a, you wrote a beautiful love story, and we just yelled at people on the internet <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. for a
1: month. <laughs> well, both of those ways
2: are very important, like I say. So that that's that's true, but that that's a very good explanation. I think I understand this way.
1: Yeah, we make we make a good team, yes. the three of us. Yes. So, yeah, I think a question about that, which which maybe we've gone into or like you answered a little bit in your answer there, but you, you do a lot of political work in, in your writing, but f- at least from like what we had seen, it seems like it's usually on a sort of a bigger scale, like larger politics or like, you know, global warming and stuff like that. Yes. Whereas this is like a very personal kind of political, like this is a, a hurt on a very individual level that J.K. Rowling is enacting. And so I guess our question is sort of like, is this maybe a direction that you feel like you're going in terms of the way that you respond to political stuff, or was this something about this specific circumstance that spoke to you in that way?
2: Well, I always kind of um, I do uh, I talk about being broad politics a lot, like you said, dang uh, talking about old Trump and the devil, uh, devil the dang White House, and um. I got to say, he, old Trump does so much bad in the world that it's kind of exhausting to, to write about. Every dang day, I could write another book about all the terrible things that he does. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that kind of gets wearing on the dang readers too, where it's kind of like watching the news. You think, dang, I know he's bad, but just give me a dang day where I don't have to think about how dang bad he is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that I try to balance it with that with them. Um, Maybe specific issues, but I gotta say, as a man named Chuck, really, just the dang thing that I was—that always, um, always makes me uh, make my decision—is a uh, what's gonna prove the most love, and am I writing something that is proving love in my heart? there's some issues where I think, wow, a couple dang things happened today. I could write a book and have it out dang tomorrow about let's uh, say very current events, tingler, and. Um, and i always choose the one that is touching my heart in a way and then you can't uh, you can't always tell why that is so i will mm-hmm. say with this one um i think i think i i'm kind of on the fence about it on one hand i'm not really sure why but on the other hand i gotta say also just the um i was dealing a lot with um my way is a buckaroo on the autistic spectrum that's just something that i i've been talking a lot about lately because I have a unique way of, of speaking, but that has nothing to do with um, with my way on autistic spectrum. There's no dang autistic way of speaking. It's kind of offensive to say so, and I think during the time there were others talking about that, the way, saying, oh, Chuck, you know, the dang way that I talk is just my own unique way. It's more to protect my privacy as a doctor so I can't get hunted down by devils, and it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with my autistic way. So I, so I think that when Buckers were talking about Things like, oh, there's an autistic way to talk and all this. I, th- I find that very offensive and maybe I was sensitive in that area because then J.K. Rowling was talking about how, um, I can't even remember what kind of nonsense she was talking about. How tra- trans uh, buckaroos being more autistic on, on their way and in different ways. And I just thought, then you, you are being so hurtful. You you mess with the wrong buckaroo. And so that's kind of what what touched my heart about It, it just... Was the dang right, uh, right moment for me to think this is how I'm gonna heal, heal with my heart and my uh, my love.
1: That's incredible.
2: Sorry, I ramble on so long.
1: No, 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 no.
0: You, you can't see us. Me and Lark have a Skype window open, and we're both just like clutching our chest because
2: we're just like this is.
0: We're just like very moved.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I gotta. Sometimes I gotta. Saying. Sometimes I gotta pull myself back because I'm just rambling on. I, I like to talk and talk and talk so i i'm i i'm trying to keep it trying to keep it under wraps a little bit so i don't go off and on the dang tangent for too long take up your whole dang show
1: you are 100 fine we just are like in our feelings a lot because everything that you're saying is really beautiful and then sometimes it's hard to like pull out of that to like oh i have to verbally respond now i can't just sit here being
2: like oh it's so nice <laughs> okay. no that's okay that's part of it i will say now that i'm more open about it that's part part of my way as a on the spectrum of buds is uh, when i'm talking to family uh, members like son john or chloe sometimes they'll be telling me a dang story and uh i'll be uh i would say not there i'm just staring at the dang wall thinking about space or other ways or the dang size of the universe or which timeline i'm on or where, or something and then the what we do in our household is they say are you with me and that is the symbol that i know oh dang i was not here i was somewhere else and then i and then sometimes sometimes i'll say no i'm sorry and sometimes i'll say yes i'm just staring at the wall so that's part of my way on the spectrum but so i i understand um hearing a dang uh idea and being so overwhelmed that sometimes you just you can't even speak on it you're just gonna have a dang staring contest with the uh, the infinite uh infinite sky
1: yeah you're in good company jesse and i both have uh adhd
2: i guess probably similar in some ways
1: yeah When my partner and i have an agreement where when he's talking to me and i forget to listen i just say i forgot to listen to you can you that, start over
2: i will say that is so kind. I, I wish that more, I think that through movies and dang media, we've been trained to think that that is a, a mean way. And uh, I, I think that uh, you and your partner have it dang figured out. And that's what we do at our household too. It's okay to say that you drifted off if, if this is the way that your dang brain works. It's not, it's not intentionally trying to hurt any feelings. And to be in a situation of your relationship or you have support in that way, Dang that you get, you got you found yourself a good one there. That's a really great that's great because it's hard to find some buckaroos don't don't uh, ever realize that. They that, that will always kind of offend and hurt them when you when you don't mean to. So that's that's a good thing to find.
1: Yeah, I I feel very lucky. And yeah. I agree with you like it is it is kind because it proves that you care enough about what they were saying to ask them to say it to you a second time where you can hear it. Yes. It's not if you didn't care then you would have just zoned out and then pretended that you didn't so it's it's proof that I that I do want to hear
2: yes and from other side too I think that um uh, people who get upset with this way they don't seem to understand that um I I like to say and how I explained it to Sun john before this happened um when he would get frustrated I would say imagine if I came up to you and said why didn't you uh push that button and then he said what are you talking about you just came up to me you didn't tell me to push a button and then i said actually i did and and i really did it's kind of a scary situation to be put in to know that your brain is just not uh, inputting these things i think that they i think that some people think secretly you were kind of listening and what i have to explain to buckaroos is no it's like i wasn't even there I, I i just entered the room just now when you asked me if i was here and mm-hmm. it's good to have someone that can believe you in this way. That's really important and hard to find.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Also a big mood. I'm just like, oh, yeah, just spacing out in the middle of a conversation to think about space. I
2: totally do that. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Dang, see, the God dang, I'm, now I'm rambling again. Okay, tell, ask me more about dang, Harriet and poor, I'll tell you everything.
1: Chuck, please don't apologize. We have so many autistic listeners who are feeling so validated listening to what you're saying right now so oh, good.
2: That, yeah. that's good it's kind of fun for me because i didn't i didn't really didn't talk about it that much as a as a uh, autistic buckaroo and a bi buckaroo i'm very happy about these ways because these are two ways that um i have very recently uh, started talking about more i guess i will say openly uh and uh, and, uh, and now i really enjoy talking about that
1: so that's great yeah and the world needs more folks being open about yeah. that for sure because I mean, obviously, the public discourse is just like so wrong and broken, and the only yeah. way to shift that is
2: for people to be open about it. So, yeah,
1: you're doing the world a service. Oh,
2: thank you, kind, kind comment. Thank you. So,
1: um, I... you have a kitten in front of your
2: mouth, Jesse. Can you
1: move closer to the mic?
2: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason to be far from the mic. I guess it is. That's about the best one I could think of.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, little cat. Um. so uh one of our listeners wrote in and uh they want to know what do you think is the best way to stand
2: up to bigotry oh dang well i gotta say this this is a great question um and the thing i remember is there's no one way to do it and well okay i'm gonna give you the big answer because you've given me permission to ramble so i'm gonna answer your question but here's the big answer the big answer is this um from the beginning of this dang timeline there have been all kinds of events that have broken off and created parallel timelines every time you make a choice whether it's walking through a door or uh, or not walking through the door or climbing through a window you're creating a parallel world and uh, every time that we make a choice that proves love is real we're creating a dang uh, timeline that is that much better even if it's in a small way and i think the buckaroos don't if they realized that every time they did even the smallest thing they are making an entirely new universe that's a little better because of them they would realize how special and important and powerful they really are and then you guys start thinking wow that's been going on since I, since before I was here since the beginning of time that means those infinite timelines and that means that uh, me just being here means I'm I'm special and unique in a way that is pretty much infinitely impossible to uh, to find there's nobody better at being me than me and just by being here i've already beaten the dang odds by about a hundred billion to one and you gotta think well if i want to prove love is real my unique way is uh is the best way to do that so it's not going to be the same for everyone for me it's writing dang books for for the two of you it's uh making this podcast and bringing joy to all these uh buckaroos out there and for the listener who wrote in, you are so special and unique, like a dang infinite star in the sky. You're the only version of you that there is. And so you just gotta look inside and think, what can I do with my special, unique way that's gonna make this timeline just a little bit better and a little more full of love? And then you just gotta start doing that. And if that means that you're a dang artist painting a picture, that's fine. And that means you're a dang accountant doing someone's taxes that's just as important it's just uh you know, as long as you're doing it with love then, then then that's gonna change the whole the hell dang universe and you're, you're fighting bigotry in a way that's just as important as everyone else's. and it's up to you to determine your own special way to do that
1: well you've made us
2: both cry
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh that was um yeah yeah
0: that i don't have I, yeah that is such an excellent answer that is
1: you've nailed the there's only one appropriate answer to that question now and you, that is it so thank you
2: if you ever ask that during another interview and they give you a different answers say not good enough
1: yeah we're gonna get a, a no buzzer that will just like buzz into the <laughs> microphone really
2: <laughs> hey, i'm sorry the answer we were looking for was about three minutes long
1: <laughs> oh lord oh that was so so wonderful
2: well yeah it's also dang true i gotta say yeah i hope you both know this i said this at the beginning but um you know you're fighting for love. sometimes you, you know you get up and you think what what do i even matter especially right now with this dang virus and everything all the days are starting to look the same it's really dang easy to just think oh wait what the heck this is just another day and the, the, the world's getting so dark what can i do but if you think about how rare and special you are and the fact that you're the only one of you in the whole dang dang universe across many timelines you just gotta think that's a lot of power and even just trotting out there and saying you know i'm gonna put a little money in this uh, meter for someone else or, or i'm gonna uh, let someone go ahead of me at the grocery store or even something bigger like i'm, I'm gonna donate a bunch of money to a dang charity today you Now all these different things you're creating a whole other timeline, a whole other universe that um, that uh, you're you're not even gonna know about the the alternatives. I mean, you mean, gotta remember that's a lot of power. You're making whole universes just by doing these small things, and you're you're so powerful. So I think it's very important to remember. Yeah. Also, kind of theme of Harry Potter in a way. Though what I know about it, all young Harry Potter was just a little baby boy. I got this dang lightning bolt on him in all these different ways, but um. There's a there's a way in I think a lot of storytelling which is uh, to say that your hero is just kind of um kind of an everyday person and then they they take these actions and it changes everything and I think that um that uh, you know we we're, we're all capable of that whether we know it or not I think yeah yeah
1: so okay this is a, I think a good lead into our next Harriet Forber question so speaking of sort of uh, grand, you know, hard-to-wrap-your-brain-around concepts that are nevertheless extremely important. Um, you In in our episode about Harriet Porter, we talked a lot about your use of uh, soul versus body to talk about trans folks. Oh, yeah. We loved it so much. Uh, as a trans person, it was incredibly validating and, like, gave me language to talk about my own lived experience that i previously didn't have so uh i personally am just so thankful to you for that um but we're wondering like where did that come from like how did you come up with that um like way of talking about it
2: well i i think that um i think that's just the way that made the most sense to me i will say that when i started writing tinglers they were just um Cis bud on bud, and uh, then I started to branch out. I started doing the lesbian tinglers and bi tinglers and trans tinglers. And every time I uh, kind of uh, started writing for a different uh, new community, it was always because members of that community reached out and said, "I would like to see myself represented in these books." So I said, "Okay, sure. That's that's good. Tingleverse is um Tingleverse is here for everyone. Yeah, everyone has a place in the Tingleverse." So I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it right. So um, I started writing trans tinglers a while ago when, when trans fans uh, and the Buckleys were saying all the way, I would like to be included. I said, okay, but it was very really important uh, for me to first reach out and uh, talk to this community and say, okay, um, how am I going to do this? What, what are the words that I should use? Um, how, how am I going to make you feel like you are represented in a good way? So I spent a lot of time on the private message talking to Buckaroos and learning about these different ways very kind just getting helped out and that was great and i think that uh, after doing that which was a while ago my own understanding of um of having uh, the trans uh, identity was uh well i think that was the way that my mind wrapped around it the best and i don't know if that's a term that has been used before but after uh, talking to this community, that's just kind of the way that it sat, sat with me, and, and I thought it made them made the most sense. I, I'm not really sure. I guess I will say you would you uh, as a member of this community would know better than I would, and I will listen to whatever you have to say on that subject. But uh, but for me, that was just the best way to describe it. I think. I mean, I
1: I I think that it's perfect. Uh, I had never heard it described that way previous to reading harriet porber um but it was like as soon as i saw it i was like oh yeah that's it that's the thing uh so i would i i say you nailed it obviously i can't speak for like the trans community broadly but uh my my personal feeling on it is that that's exactly it well that's
2: that makes me feel uh, very good and i've gotten so much good feedback about that book too so i'm i'm I was very moved at the their reception of it everyone seems to like it a lot but um yeah i, I gotta say maybe the soul issue is something uh, that because um if you are not not religious which i'm i'm not uh, the soul soul way might um make uh be uh, a reluctant word for you but i don't think you need to be religious to understand this concept i think that um you could you could say uh, you are not religious or spiritual at all, and still understand the idea of a soul, however you want to see it, or at least wrap your mind around it. So I think that might be what uh, that might be what drives drives Buckley's away from using this word, but I still think it's a pretty dang good one, even if you don't uh, don't just subscribe to other ways with that word.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Jesse, you in the episode you used like a really do you remember what you said you talked about like a non-religious meaning for soul and it was really lovely that was so long ago something about like that uh ephemeral core of makes you who you are or something like that Dang, I that's think, a
2: good one let's just that use that, that, is,
1: that. yeah <laughs> i mean that's a lot more words and also like not as um i don't know i feel like that's that's what the word soul like The only word i can think of is embodies which is just silly in this context
0: yeah i guess i guess it's sort of like um like i'm not religious but i'm also a big sci-fi and fantasy nerd so i feel like using the word soul it like you can still use it and people know kind of what you're talking about it's like you know it's beyond just like your personality it's like something that's just like it is you know at a party view the, well, like, yeah. a deep-seated part of you. Even, and like, But, like, not in a big, like, you know, way that religion, I'm sure, defi-
2: defines what a soul is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, that's kind of, um, I think that was kind of point of, uh, of Harry Potter and some, well, there were a lot of points to that book, but one of them, I think, is the idea of a soul of a character. That's a non-religious way to understand it. As you think of, um, you could say uh, Harry Potter, but you could also say so- somebody like dang Dracula. Uh, there, there's been a hundred times well there's probably been a hundred thousand times that dracula showed up in a story and uh eh, dracula can be a man or a woman or a spider or a car it doesn't really matter but i think that um in some strange way that that character uh is always dracula no matter what what uh, they do or say uh if it's one person or a group of people Um, that, that, that is something that I think is a, I guess I would say the soul of the character that, that doesn't really rely on having a body. Uh, I think that the body is secondary to the character. And that's kind of the point of the book is that, um, it doesn't really matter the shell that you're put in. Sometimes it's going to fit nice and snug. Sometimes it's going to be really uncomfortable and and not make you feel very good. And, uh, that, that doesn't really change who the character is. That's just your shell yeah it's
1: three three times that this interview has made me cry now it's fine <laughs> I, also,
0: I also feel like that was just really excellent like writing advice also i'm like oh yeah you're right how have i never thought of it like that cry, crying
2: at the dracula part yeah
1: <laughs> i don't think it was the dracula you, <laughs> dude, Dracula yeah <laughs> <poems. laughs>
2: I came, I came because I knew you liked Harry Potter, and then I learned that you loved Dracula so much. <laughs> you cried over the very mention.
0: We we do like some Dracula, some Dracula, some Dr- some vampire fiction also.
1: <laughs> and once again, you have. It's almost as if you are psychically intuiting the sequence of our questions because you just like oh, led God. us right into the next question. So, in the in the way that you sort of like wove together the way that the soul versus body conversation is validating to trans people with the way it's also validating to people who love Harry Potter. You did a really cool thing where you like were super validating for people who love Harry Potter in a way that doesn't do the thing where people want to be like, Oh, it's weird. Harry Potter has no author because it's really important to like hold JK Rowling accountable for what she's done. And so this is this very nuanced thing that you did
2: i sorry i just gotta say i'm so glad to hear you say that because i get i got a lot of comments like that and i don't really like that i think you have to face that fact down that's yes. our duty as yeah. buckaroos proving love you can't just pretend
1: yes yeah and i mean that's it's so important to to recognize it not just because of her blatant trans antagonism but also because of like all the ways that her other bigotry and that bigotry show up in the books. And if you pretend like it has no author, then you rob yourself of the opportunity to engage critically with things like the fat phobia and semitism and racism and like all the other terrible things that, that show up in the Harry Potter series. Mm. Um, So it's just really, it was really cool to see having that, like, it's, it's okay that you love Harry Potter That didn't come with like oh you can just like separate it from from jk rowling yes and there was a question in there well i I guess just like how did you like how were you thinking about it when you were developing the way that you sort of spoke to that issue in the book
2: i I think that the the dang world's a complicated place and a lot of uh i think the issue of uh how much do you want to separate the art from the artist? Is it is a pretty big one right now, mm-hmm. and um, I think that um, that that issue is a everyone's trying to make it a big public issue. Like there's one one rule, and I think it's important to remember that, that that's just a personal issue for every every person, and that um, there are some things that uh, that are going to be too much for you, and there are some things that you're going to say oh, I can support that um, after this uh, musician or actor or author, maybe after they've passed on to The Lonesome Train, maybe then I can read their stuff. And then sometimes you can think, I think that in the case of J.K. Rowling, actually you can say, well, this person's so dang rich. um, I don't know if I'm depriving them uh, by not buying this book, or depriving me and my journey through this timeline by never reading it. And that's a personal choice for everyone. And I I, I think it would be wrong to say to someone, oh, well, you need to never buy another dang book. But I think that what comes along with that is that they at least need to recognize what they're doing and take ownership of that. And that's the tightrope that everyone, I think, needs to walk is say, I I can't avoid this. This is a moral issue that I'm going to have to grapple with. And after I've done that, then I've I've kind of carved out the right to uh, enjoy this in, in in my own way, but only after I've uh, had that conversation with myself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of a lot of what our advice has been is ways to continue engaging with Harry Potter without financially supporting J.K. Rowling. Yes.
2: Um, How do you do it?
1: Uh, used bookstores.
2: Oh hiring. dang, that's e- that's easy. I gotta say, you you can probably you can probably find a dang Harry Potter used bookstore for the rest of your dang life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I see Harry Potter at every thrift store I go into. A really cool thing is that her book sales have dropped since oh wow this happened, and so <gasps> people are noticing, and there it's it is making a difference, which I think is really cool. But that difference doesn't have to come at the expense of, like, I can't read the books that I already own or, like, I can't, you know, watch the DVDs that I own, but, like, I'm not going to stream it anymore.
2: Oh, yes. But there
1: are a lot of people who do think, like, oh, you just, like, can't, I'm just, like, you can't read the books anymore, otherwise you're supporting her. Like, you can't talk about them anymore, otherwise you're supporting her. And I feel like your book was really validating to the folks that we are speaking to who it's like, here are the ways that you can engage with this world without giving her money. And like, that's okay. I really liked the way that you did the that's okay. in the text, I think it was really
2: valuable. Well, I'm glad that you got that because like I said, it's such a complicated, um, I think it's a very complicated personal issue. But to your point, when you just said, oh, her book sales went down, and if everyone was pretending that she didn't really write it as some kind of a joke or a jab at her, um, then her book sales wouldn't have gone down. Mm. And so that's why that's important. You you just gave the best example is is you, that's actual concrete change by not by not just brushing this over and pretending it's not happening. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta put on your uh, your Gryffindor cloak and go out there and take action. <laughs> yes. Uh.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So let's talk about less political parts of Harriet Porber. Jesse, do you wanna talk about like magic? Uh
0: so the world building and the magic system in the in Harriet Porber is is so good. Oh thank uh, you. we talk about it in the episode, we're just like, oh, we like just the way that the magic works is like this is so great. I feel like I have it seen this before and I just kind of want to know like if you've been like thinking about like a kind of like magical system before or if you are kind of just, like you know writing it as you were going I um, well, we just kind of want to know more about it
2: um well son John he always plays dang Dungeons and Dwellers with his buds and um they have let me play before but uh I kind of ruin the game most of the time so now I just watch <laughs> and um and uh, there are different things where you can be dang, uh, you can be dang uh, cleric man with the priest robes. You can be a dang wizard, you can be a dang sorcerer. They all have different ways of casting their spells. I, I always thought that was kind of neat. Uh, the idea that um, there's not just one way to harness magic and may, maybe uh, maybe you just are born, born with uh, a way of harnessing it or maybe you harness it through song or art or maybe through a spell book. So I thought that was kind of more interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I, I, that's about as much thought as I put in, but that's probably where the inspiration came from.
1: It's honestly, the magical system in Harry Porter is more nuanced and developed than the magic system in Harry Potter. Oh, I, uh, Yeah. So... Uh it's incredible. <laughs> it's truly, truly incredible. Um, and I think that we can all we can take that as an official recommendation to all aspiring fantasy authors to play more
2: Dungeons and Dragons, I think. Cause... Oh yeah, I agree. It's it's such a great game. Good for imagination. Oh, can I Here, I can I, I will make a controvers I don't know, you guys are such dang good hosts. I don't think you would bring up the controversial subject, but I'm gonna say uh, just because when I was listening your uh, critiques, I thought were good, um, really good. Well, one one of them in particular, I, I can't remember who brought up, but we're saying saying about um, Harriet calls the, calls the police mm-hmm. on the noise complaint, and that was your one critique based on this time t- time in our world. And when I was listening, I thought that's a pretty dang good point. So I think that. Uh, I think that you are right and Chuck is wrong in that. I didn't I I will say I just didn't really think of it. And also point of the sheriff character was kind of um I think kind of to to say that he didn't he doesn't actually do anything. He mm-hmm. actually kind of uh basically they need to get help themselves because he's kind of incompetent and doesn't actually solve any dang problems. Mm-hmm. So that was my thought. But then when I listened to it back I thought, hey, you guys got a really good point. So I will say Humbly, you are right. Chuck is wrong. And probably should should have done a different part there.
1: That's honestly so fucking refreshing. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) thank you. oh Yes. Yes. And
1: you have you have once again preemptively guessed what the next question was, which is a listener asked if there's anything that you would change about the book.
2: Oh, dang. Yeah, I think I would probably change that. I, I just I didn't even you know I wrote this um very quickly. Uh, it was out about a week after um, after uh, the J.K. Rowling said her uh, mean things. So yeah. I was just dang writing, pounding chocolate milk, and staying up all night. And um, and uh, so I think part of it was that man. I was very focused. I wasn't really thinking about ever, other things going on in the world. But that yeah, I think I'll probably have some sort of other device there. Um, I guess in some ways you could say well that that is you know i think it was important to me to not make Harriet porber a perfect character cuz i don't like it um, as as member of lgbtq community i kind of prefer um, heroes whether they are trans heroes or bi heroes or gay heroes or lesbian heroes or any, any hero in this community i don't i like them to have some gray area and do things that aren't aren't entirely good or entirely bad i think that all characters are owed that so in mm-hmm. some sense, I guess it, it is hard to say. I don't know if I would maybe change that, but I think that now I'm going to go back. I think you're right. I, I think it, I think I could have given Harriet Parber some uh, some flaws that were not um, that specific one. So that is what I would change, I think.
1: Awesome. Um, we think accountability is really sexy uh, here at The Gayly Prophet, so I just want to say that was a very sexy
2: answer. Oh, thank you it's, so much it's so dang easy to. I, I, you know what I don't understand and here's something very interesting with this dang book I guess maybe it's because I'm a self-published way I was fully prepared I, I mean I did a lot of reaching out to trans community and put a lot of heart into it to make sure that it was right but I'm a guest in that community so I, I got you know as a guest I think it's important to listen. And if a, a huge amount of uh, readers came out and said, you know what, Chuck, we like your dang book, but, but this this part uh, hurt our feelings or something, I just go back and rewrite that part and re-dang publish it. It's not, you know, it's not that dang hard. So mm-hmm. um, I think that um, if it was an issue that was a huge issue that was, um uh, maybe not could have been better, but actually actively hurting uh, readers, uh, I, I, you could just go back and change it. Like, dang, be accountable for your, for your work, and it's not that hard, yeah.
1: I agree. I think that taking accountability is actually significantly easier than uh just trying to dig your heels in against oh, a bunch wow. of backlash. That's a really yeah.
2: good, that's a dang there is so much wisdom in what you just said, it's so dang true. Awesome,
1: I love everything about this conversation. Yes,
2: yeah, great. <laughs>
0: I just keep clutching my hand to my mouth because I'm just like.
1: So we just have we just have one more question, but I feel like it's what we should close on. So I want to open the door for any questions that you have for us about Harry Potter or anything before we get to that.
2: Oh dang. Um. Well, I feel like I've been asking most of them. Okay. Um. Hang, let me think. You know what? Well, here's the thing. You you're the experts, and I and I actually did ask quite a few of my of my Harry Potter questions, um, but um, I guess I gotta say I still don't really understand. In the book, it's a uh, Draco, but the uh, <laughs> dang Draco, I still don't understand what the heck the deal is with Draco. What's the dang deal with Draco?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, go. Well, he. In the, beginning, in the beginning of the books is a very, like, spoiled, bigoted, rich, rich kid who, yes. like, you know, is clearly parroting back his parents' bigoted views. Uh, and then as the books progress and he kind of gets sucked deeper into it, it's sort of like he's like, oh, wait, I actually don't want to do any of this. I actually don't want to murder people. But he can't back out or it'll hurt his family. Yes. So he sort of... He kind of goes from being a, like, two-dimensional, like, Harry's nemesis to being like, oh, this kid is just in way too deep over his head and is, like, having to deal with evil, murderous fascists when he just wants to, you know, be with his family.
2: Oh, that's very... I'm so good to hear that because that is what I thought, and that is how I wrote Breaker the Motorcycle. Um... And uh, I'm glad that that's, I, I was a little worried about that because that character is so strange to me, but that's basically what you just said is what I thought. And I think what what was captured in Harriet Parber, but I'm, I, it's kind of, I just couldn't tell if he was a scoundrel or not. And, uh, and I think that, yes, he's probably a, a thinks, I, I would say pushed into the position of being a scoundrel and realizing that deep down in his heart, uh, that is not the, his way. At the very yeah. end.
0: Yeah, he, like, tries, but then realizes, like, uh, this feels wrong, and I can't actually do it. Oh, thank
2: you. Perfect. Yeah, and you, uh,
1: Braco was, I, I think we talked about it in the episode even, like, Braco was a very good Draco analogy, so. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's kind. Thank you. I was, yes, I was most worried about that one because I, I found it to be most complicated. I
1: yeah, you, you did a great job. Oh, good. All right, Jesse, do you want to ask our our final question
0: I do all right uh so we just have one more question which is uh what message would you give to our trans listeners um who have been harmed by JK Rowling
2: oh wow well bang this is a hard one because it's in Chuck's nature uh to ramble on and uh, to talk about how love is real, which I did earlier. But I think in this particular situation, um, as I said, I'm a guest in this community. And, and I, I think that, I don't know, I don't want to seem like a dang cop out, but I really think that um, trans listeners who have been harmed in this way would know better than I would. And I, I'm not really in the position to give them any advice. And, and I would just say that um, they, they, uh, they were would would be the ones that uh, that could tell me, um, what I need to do to uh, work harder to um, make them feel better. And I hope that um, I hope that uh, trans wizard Harriet Parber helped. But um, if you have any suggestions and you are a trans uh reader, uh, and you have been harmed that way and you think, dang, Chuck, I really enjoyed Harriet Parber. Maybe you could write another way. Uh, come on and tell me and uh, I would love to talk to you about that because uh, you know that I'm a guest in this community and you'd know much better than I would so I'm just here to listen
1: awesome Uh, as as a trans person I will say your memes about protecting the trans community have been a gift and a blessing and I will humbly request more incredible memes i've shared every single one (laughs) that you put out
2: okay dang okay that see that's what i'm talking about is you just got you sit and you listen and then i hear more memes and i think (laughs) i can definitely do that buddy (laughs) awesome Oh, uh,
1: well, Chuck, thank you so much for helping us prove that love is real. Oh, this thank you. This has been you. amazing. And,
2: you, I, and I know I already said this at the top, but but you are really doing something really wonderful here. I hope that you both know, you know, I know that making, I, I make a dang podcast too. Um, Oh, dang it. Maybe I should, oh, I guess I'll plug it. It's called yes. it's called My Friend Chuck. Um, I talk uh, with my bud uh, just about the different things. Uh, and it's a conversational way. And then, um, book is Trans Wizard Harriet Potter, and uh, and that is my plugs. But I will. I, I guess I would just want to say that um, that uh, this podcast that you are making is a lot of work, and I know that it can get kind of draining. But uh, every time that you do this, that, there are listeners out there that you are you are making real change with and proving love and making new timelines and. I, it's, really hard to, it's really hard to think about how far that reaches uh, and really believe it uh, deep in your soul. And I would just like to say that I hope that you really believe and understand how important what you are doing is in this moment because uh, you're really proving love is real in, in ways that I think we might never know, but they are true. And I hope that you remember that.
0: Um, I just want you to know I'm going to probably listen to that every time that I'm sad for the rest <laughs> of my life.
1: Yeah, that um. sounds... Oh, it.
2: Well, I, I, hope that it, I hope that it cheers you up and that, that you say, dang, time to get out there and, and kick kick open the door and say, we got another podcast to record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: you know, I I tried to prepare for all of the feels that i knew were going to happen during this interview i was talking with my partner right before and i was like this is going to be the first deeply sincere episode of the gaily prophet that's ever happened we usually when we introduce our regular episodes we call ourselves a humorous yet ruthless podcast and i was like there's not going to be anything ruthless that's going to happen i
2: don't know if i'm ready well I, you know so you beautiful. can prove lo- i think that you by being ruthless in your podcast you're ruthlessly proving love and uh that mentality while wow, that word goes along with maybe p- swashbuckling pirates and uh, no forgiveness i say that uh, you're you're fighting the the void and you're fighting jk rowling and her bigotry and that, that you can be ruthless in your loving way and that's what i have seen when I listen to this dang show. So good dang job. It's still thank ruthless. You. It's just ruthlessly proven love.
1: That is that is what we aim for, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should replace the, the tagline with that. Ruthlessly proving love. Yes. That's the goal. All right. Um, Jesse, do you have anything final that you want to say?
0: I mean, just thank you for this whole conversation. I just, I don't know, I feel better about the world. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just like I don't know. I just this is really
2: lovely. Thank you so much. Oh dang. Well thank you for having me. And um oh I can see we got guys got a good good show. This will be a good episode. I can't wait to listen to it.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gaily Prophet. Don't forget to check out our other podcast, Escape from Reality, where we read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it in a very similar fashion.
0: Uh, If you like this, your content, you should rate and review us um, wherever you listen to podcasts. We, you know, really appreciate that. It helps people know about our podcast and every new listener could be a new patron, which... Brings us ever closely to breaking even on this podcast that we bring you guys ad-free. If you're interested in being a patron, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash We also have merch, really great merch on our website, thegailyprophet.com, where you can also listen to episodes and see all of our comics. If you're not following us on social media, which you should be because we're really good at it, um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Gilly Prophet. Uh, so yeah, check us out there. We're a lot of fun.
1: And you can find me on the internet on Instagram at Lark Malachi, which is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I. That's also how you spell my website, where you can get a tarot reading from me if you want one. <laughs> if you want to follow me in between
0: episodes, you can find me on Twitter. Um, at jesse underscore detroit or on instagram at live from detroit
1: our show art is by theo julian forrester our theme song is by kevin mcleod and i feel like we should say love is real simultaneously as the sign-off <laughs> okay can we handle that i think so okay and until next time love is, love is real <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Also, the, alter- the alternative is pound it in the butt by my own feelings about Chuck <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that's better. Amazing. <laughs> Y'all can have both. Have both. It's our gift to you. <sighs>